That's right. Coming up, another episode of Nerd Alert with Marty McGeek. Get your geek on. And now, part two of top three Star Trek films with your host, Marty McGeek, and special guest, Johnny the Critical Critic. Live long and prosper. Um, okay, so who, I, I gave you my number two, man. What, what, uh, who does number two work for? Who do you have as number two? Okay, so my number two is the original one you said you wanted to have as your number two, but you decided to put uh, part six instead. Was yeah. uh, Search for Spock? Search for Spock, man, great. And uh, you know, I, like I said, dude, you know, I uh, I had a three movie setup on uh, the VHS, and so we watched it continuous, you know, and so. Oh, Christopher Lloyd. This is one of the ones. I mean, yes, Christopher Lloyd. You had uh, what's his face, uh, Kirk's son, back from part one, yeah. and you had uh, uh, what's her what's her face, uh, Chrissy Alley, as uh, Savick. Well, they had they changed Actually, it. No, to, no, that, that was in part two. You had yeah. the, it was uh, what was what was the lady's name? I think uh, it's Robin Curtis. I think she's Robin the, Curtis. Yes, yeah. Robin Curtis was replacing Christy Alley. I should say yeah. she does a good job but, though. Still, still a great job. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought uh, I was really uh, surprised how well uh, Leonard Nimoy did directing, you know, and then, yeah, then he went job. ahead and did part four. I was like, man, these are both great movies, you know. Mm-hmm. He, he yes. probably should have stuck to it. I guess he just decided he wanted to do something else. But he was great at what he did. Yeah, he, he was he's fantastic, of course, as Spock, but as a director, too. And, and, and this one, this came out in 1984, so... This was one of the ones when I'm, I'm doing the podcast in my top uh, 80s films, and Star Trek comes up quite a bit. But I remember when in, 90, in 1984, we had a lot of big hits, and this was one of them. It's just a, people wanted to see what happened because obviously, you know, you have, uh, and we're going to talk about that. I'm sure our, our, our pick is coming up about uh, Wrath of Khan, but, you know, basically having to search for Spock because he's, he's passed away, he's died. And so there, yeah. this is the storyline of, of him coming back. But they gave everything. They gave everything for their friend. Yeah, it's a great this this movie budget of this was only sixteen million, which is like nothing. And yeah. so they made <laughs> they made their money back on this for sure. But this is a just a fantastic movie. Christopher Lloyd as uh, uh, I think it's what Commander Cruz, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. around here. Yeah. Cruz. Yeah, yeah, and it's just John uh, Landis is one of them too. Uh, not not John Landis. Uh, what's his name? Uh, John Larroquette. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, John Landis would be the director. Yeah, of, I thought um, he came out. Yeah, <laughs> he's dressed as a werewolf. Nah, yeah, John no, Larroquette uh, is John Larroquette from Night Court. Yeah, yeah, he comes out as Maltz on here. Isn't that where yeah. he says at the end of the movie, he's like Maltz, Joey Choo, and he yeah, and then, yeah. <laughs> and he gets was, up like, there and he goes, up. he goes, uh, you can help us or die. He goes, I would, I, I, he goes, I don't deserve to live. He goes, fine, I'll kill you later. Fine, I'll kill you later. The way Kirk <laughs> delivers that line, Chatner's classic like okay like an afterthought all right final kill you later and then but, he says, yeah i mean they they, they uh, steal they steal the 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 ship they go yeah. and look for spot they, they they're just gonna go try to find his body and take him to vulcan and fix everything and just put him to rest yeah and instead they find a live spot and so now they're willing to do anything 
to make sure that he he gets home you know yeah sitting there yeah it's so it's so good the other thing i was gonna say about john uh, uh that Larry is maltz when he says uh at the end you promised to kill me and he's like i lied or something something like that yeah yeah <laughs> he still was thinking he was gonna get killed later like that's not how it works we don't we don't do that as humans we're not gonna we don't we'll, we'll kill you later we'll kill if we have to in battle but yeah not like you guys you know so but see, um, like, like, like what you're saying earlier like part six you know part six you had uh this piece that they were trying to to bring and and, and chain tried to mess it up but yeah. that piece ends up going on to being in next generation that's the piece that they have where you know you, you have the uh you have Worf, you have the Worf and, and some some other you know klingons and they're, they're part of the federation basically now yeah. you know yeah and in so, space nine they're they're an integral part of uh um helping fight the dominion and things like that uh there's a the general on there players, or stuff like that. To fight, dude. <laughs> What's you that? still be the good, you still be the good guys. There's still plenty of bad guys to fight. Trust me. Yeah, exactly. They 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 are definitely an invaluable ally to the Federation. Obviously, there's still some trouble here and there, and there's ones that don't like it and want to start crap. But in general, the Klingons are a great ally of ours. And I'll say this: they may not like us, but they respect us, and they are on our side when we're fighting something like the Borg or whatever the other okay they're gonna help because they're not gonna sit down for that and be look like no, cowards you they, know, they so. know they're next <laughs> exactly they know strategy <laughs> and they're like uh, we better fight with the humans because if not uh, we're about to get whooped so yeah. yeah well the Federation is not just humans I mean you got the Vulcans and um, you know different other races that's what's cool about the Federation and that's why I like Star Trek so much is that hey it's it's, it's no they're not they're not they don't discriminate races none of that stuff it's like hey look let's all work together for a common good and let's let's try to make the world peaceful however if you're not uh and the whole uh the whole star uh system let's try to make it peaceful but however if you're not gonna you know if you start trouble hey we gotta do what we gotta do so that's yeah, just cool that you, real quick. <laughs> yeah exactly because you have like the federation uh starships and when they when they bring up the galaxy class and they have like okay basically we're a ship that's out there exploring we're trying to make new connections and maybe make some uh, alliances to join the federation but if you start crap we're more than able to defend ourselves you know that's yeah. why whenever they talk like it you know i think it's uh, some i think it's maybe star trek generations the movie where it's uh is it ursa or something it's the two sisters and the guy says why don't you fire she goes that's a galaxy class starship we're no match for them like yeah, it would be. It would yeah, be totally we're this whole boopty yeah. uh, bird of prey, man. You know, we could we could have fought. Maybe I mean, it, even back even back with the uh, the Enterprise from Wrath of Khan, they wouldn't want to fight that. You know? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Much. I mean, you thing, know, forget it. That the, they fight that with uh, with Chang because Chang has the invisibility. He has the cloak on while he's shooting. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't want to want to tussle with one of those ships. So, and speaking of those ships, you know, when we bring up Star Trek and Star Wars, I mean, the ship's technology on these things compared to Star Wars, I mean, it's not even close. I mean, it's cool stuff. You like shield. you have shields that are totally different than Star Wars shields. Star Wars shields are basically nothing. Yeah, exactly. And they're using lasers. Yeah, and like you know, we talked about that before. Like the joke is like uh, lasers. I mean, they don't even penetrate the uh, hull of a the Star Trek, you know, Enterprise or any of these ships. 
So much less than ion cannons and stuff like that too. Oh yeah, yeah. But so, those are basically lasers. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's no match, man. I mean, heck, and then you're talking about the shields, and uh, then let's not get started on the photon, and then even quantum torpedoes. Oh man, good night. I mean, it, yeah. it, it'd be hard. I think you and I were talking about one time. Star Trek on full shields could take a direct blast from a Death Star. I really believe that. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. And a Star Destroyer. Star Destroyer could shoot it, and it would just keep coming. When they yeah. shot back with their phasers, they would take out the uh, the the what's called the control deck, and that'd be over. Yeah, it'd be over. <laughs> get the shields down, and then quantum torpedoes, and good night, bye. So yeah, it'd be. But the thing that Star Wars has is you know the the fantasy part, of course, like the Force and yeah, things like that, which you know science is not gonna be able to fight against that. You know, and if you got enough Jedi or Sith Sith Lords, then you're gonna be uh, in big trouble. <laughs> Law. <laughs> I believe I believe Chancellor Palpatine is a Sith Lord. A Sith Lord? Are you sure? No, anyway, um, we're, there's rumor he may be coming back, right? Uh, talking yeah, about yeah, Star- yeah. I saw that. I saw. Yeah, I saw that there was rumor that uh, in the Ahsoka show that uh, there's supposedly you know Mace Windu will be coming back. Oh man, which is weird to bring me. up on a Star Trek. Uh, Thing, but man, that would be so great. I mean, they brought back uh, freaking uh, Darth Maul, and he was cut in half, dude. So, yeah, they can do that. You know, somebody with their hand cut off and shot out the window <laughs> hand, with, yeah. uh, with electricity. Yeah, dude, come on. Yeah, I think he can come He's back. one of the most powerful Jedi's ever. So, come no, on, you man. know what's funny is that you talk about bringing this up on a Star Trek, but that just shows that you know there's guys that are that way. They hate Star Wars and they love Star Trek, and they and they hate uh, Star Trek and they love Star Wars. So, okay. You know what's wrong with liking both? I don't get it. So I say, well, I'm fine. I hate both. bad story. I hate bad story, bad director. That's what I hate. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. You know what? I can even I can even let it go if it's a good story. If the the, the acting wasn't that great, it's fine, dude. It's a great story. I don't care. You know. But dang, dude, the story's terrible. The director's terrible. Forget it. I don't care what franchise it is. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I was talking last night with uh, Cody, the collector. We brought up the thing with Kurt Russell. And I thought, man, you know, we were talking about how the practical effects. And I was surprised because I thought he was going to tell me that he didn't, he didn't care for the prequel. And I told him that, you know, speaking to you, that my buddy Johnny told me the prequel was, was not bad to check it out. And I finally watched it. And I yeah. said, man, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, uh, he goes, yeah. and he beat me to the punch. He says, except for that CG stuff that they added. You know, I said, man, you're exactly what I was thinking because why didn't they just stick with the practical effects? But what he told me was when they did the prequel for the thing um, with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, she's the main character on there. She's fantastic. She, uh, they, they filmed it and they did practical effects. And he said they came back later and they had CG and they're like, what happened? What? Oh, we decided to go with this instead. And I was like, what? And so I said, oh, man. So they must have thought it looked too cheesy. But I'm like, man, I think it's good if you have a combination of the two. Use some CG. If you can use it in spots and it, it looks good. And use yeah. some practical, too. I don't have a problem well, with them being hand in hand. Well, personally, to me, I think if it's a horror movie like that, then it, ha- it should all be practical effects. I think that if it's, if it's a uh, if it has a sci-fi twinge like this one did, you have mm-hmm. a spaceship. That mm-hmm. definitely needs the CG, okay? Sure. I understand that. It's like yeah. uh, like Predator. Predator used a lot of, you know, uh, practical effects, but there was some CG, you know? Yeah, and exactly. that's mm-hmm. obvious. Yeah. 
No, I agree with you. And I think, and again, that's what I'm saying. I think it could be a marriage of the two. You have some and some of both. That's fine. But I brought up last night on the podcast, uh, Practical Effects Like American Werewolf in London, things like that. I said, yeah, I, that's I, the best werewolf movie ever, period. I don't yeah. care what you say. <laughs> yeah, and I was telling Cody, I said, I showed this to somebody and they said, oh, man, that looks real. It was kind of scary, you know? And I'm like, yeah, that's what, what makes that good because you kind of can see it happening. You, you you feel his pain when he's transforming, and Rick Baker I like did that. Effects. He's yeah, great. He's fantastic. And yeah, and so uh, that's kind of where we brought that up with the uh, with the thing and stuff. But yeah, getting back to it, yeah, that's that's one of the things about sci-fi. You know, I, I, I'm not a somebody who's going to say I don't like Star Wars. I like Star Trek. No, I like both. I think it's kind of like you know being in Texas. People that like the Cowboys don't like the Texans, or the people like the Texans don't like the Cowboys. I have to say this, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I don't actively hate them, but I, I think there's people that pretty much do. They, they because, And it's it's a, it's a two-way. It's the same thing. Like, if you're a Pittsburgh fan, uh, maybe you don't care for... Well, uh, it's like the dang jazz, you know, man. Yeah. You get, you get to the playoffs, the jazz cheat and win, and you're going to be mad about the... Uh, uh, what's it? The Bear Hugger Malone. You know, come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's everything. I was saying, I'm trying to think of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a rivalry, I think, with I know Kansas City. It used to be with Oakland, and now it's Las Vegas. So I think they have a little bit of rivalry with Kansas City. But yeah, it's kind of like that. You know, you have two teams that that usually is divisional. They hate each other, and I kind of see that as like Star Trek and Star Wars. Is like, okay, we're in the same division. It's sci-fi. Uh, it is fantasy. Both are because obviously this Star Trek stuff isn't real. A lot of it anyway, but. The thing is, you got people on one side that are Trekkies, the other side who are Star Wars fans, and hey, look, let's all get along, man. It's all good. Let's just hope for, well, some, like you said, some good movies and good scripts and good acting. I think nowadays it's it's kind of shifted from Star Trek versus uh, Star Wars to old fans versus new fans, because <laughs> yeah. I think that uh, a lot of times nowadays uh, that's that's either they're, either they're trolling and they don't really like it. Or they're just delusional because <laughs> I don't understand how you could say that something's better when there's clearly no story whatsoever. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, well, it uh, might it might be like uh, when you're when you're like a, a youngster and you you don't understand story, like when you're watching Transformers back in the day, and you thought it was great, and you go back and watch it, and you're like, ah, you know, the storylines, <laughs> some of the storylines aren't that great, you know. But, you know, Robotech was on and had a better storyline, but you're like, yeah, this is boring. You turn it off, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like your taste buds. Like I, I've heard people say your taste buds change from when you were a kid. You know, you may not oh, like certain do. foods, and then you like foods now, and then foods that you like when you were a kid, you don't care for now. So, hey, you know, it's kind of like that. It's acquired taste, but uh, that's, a, that's a good take on that. So, I guess we're moving on to the epic number one, and I guess we'll both go ahead and agree it's Wrath of Khan. Oh, yeah, it's Wrath of Khan, dude. You can't beat Wrath of Khan, dude. No way. No <laughs> Star way. Ricardo Maltabon is yes. one of the best actors ever. You know, I I didn't know the guy could sing, but remember I told you that Neptune's daughter, he sings Baby It's Cold Outside. He's great. It's like my yeah. favorite rendition. It's better than Dean Martin one. Hey, Dean! Yeah, Martin one, you know. He's like a baby. It's cold outside. It's very cold in space. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan. Man, remember I was telling you about? I was doing all these movies in the eighties. This came up nineteen eighty two. Yeah, this guy by, knew it. Didn't he direct movie. Part Six as well? 
Uh, let's see. That's directed by Nicholas Meyer. I think Nicholas Meyer did do part six. Yes. So he did both of those so really good ones. I just picked this. I picked these three because two, three and four were on uh, the same tape, I think. Oh, OK. I figured you were going to say that, that it was all three on there. And so that's why we, we can continuously watch these movies. Either that or I just avoided part one and just came in in part two all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that can be a thing. Because I do that with uh, Friday the 13th. I always avoid part one because it's boring. It's boring to tears, dude. And then I watch uh, two through seven, and that's it. You like more of the action there. Yeah, um, this came out. I want to say I saw this with I, – I took my sister and – I think my brother, maybe my oldest daughter, we went and watched this at the movie theater. I think you gave me a heads up on it. I think it's been maybe about three years ago. But, oh yeah, yeah, the re-release. Okay. Yeah, they they did a 4K um, on the re on the big screen, and uh, when we I was like, oh man, I loved it. And when I when we finished, I think maybe my sister hadn't seen it, uh, or maybe my oldest daughter hadn't seen it. And I said, what did y'all think, man? Man, it was so good. They really enjoyed it. So it held up, man. I think it's just a good story. And what I like about Star Trek to Wrath of Khan is also the scenes where they're checking out the abandoned space station and things like that. You get the feel almost like of a horror movie, you know, almost like Alien, because yeah. they're there. It's a scary thing. They're on this ship on this space station. They're trying to find where the crew is. Yeah. What's that? And then they find bodies, start finding bodies. Yeah, and they start finding bodies. But like every turn, you know, it's the, the way they filmed that, the way the music was on there. It yeah. felt like you're watching Alien. I was like, man, this is really good, and it's it's one of the few times you have that because I've always wondered what would happen if you had like an Alien type movie, and you had like the Star Trek crew. Like, what would they do? What, how would they handle it? You know, undoubtedly, I think you probably lose some people, but I think Kirk would prevail. He'd find a way to stop it. But it's like Spock, one Spock would figure out a way to neutralize it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Not, not the yeah. Vulcan neck pinch. He would put like a force field around it or something and put it in space or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Teleport exactly. in space, Scotty. Or, and at the end of it, you see the, the, the his chest burst open with Vulcan green blood, and there's a half Vulcan uh, yeah. <laughs> alien coming out there with the point. It, it, it's an alien that comes behind you and pinches your neck and makes you conk yeah, out. That's all it does. Hello, my baby. <laughs> Hello, my darling. That's that, that's Ugly Spaceballs. From Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. I, I just man, we love that you and I always talk about Ricardo Montalban. He was also in, um, I want to say it's Escape from Planet of the Apes. He's in that one too. He's the one that has, or maybe it's it's Battle for. He's one of the ones I think. Yeah, those those are great movies. Those old yeah. Planet of the Apes. I could watch all six of them in a row, and and uh, man, they're phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, the new movies are good, too. I haven't watched the last one of the new movies, but I watched the first two, which I really liked. I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. They really they did good on those. We'll have to do a Planet of the Apes one, too, man. But, yeah, he, he's been in so many different series, so many different things. But I remember him from Fantasy Island, of course. Well, oh, yeah. To Fantasy Island. Him and Tattoo. And, and he, he fought the devil in that show. Isn't that weird? He yeah. actually, like, fought against, you know, the devil came out and, and tried to fight Mr. Rourke. And Mr. Yeah. Ork was on the side of right. And so he, he fought him. Yeah, he like, says here. Yeah, it's crazy. It says here he started out as a chorus member in 1941 on something called Soundies. He was in Three Musketeers, uncredited. So look how, how long. And then he was acting. Man, I remember he was like in one of those Spy Kids movies. He was acting up until 
2000 it says here he did he did a voice he did some voice work I don't know and when did he pass away because this looked like it was like in 2009 um, yeah. but yeah he's fantastic man like I said he was in Planet of the Apes he passed in 2009 he was 88 so one of the last things he did was some voice work for, for Family Guy and uh, <laughs> that's crazy man and um, he's just fantastic we loved him as Khan and he his performance as Khan all the nuances where there was the 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 anger that he displayed outright the, yeah. the quiet rage he had inside um the just brilliant you could see the brilliance of the character like he was super smart he was always seemed to have yeah, you know, one step he ahead, already you know? figured it out he, he he already figured it out when they had uh, taken control of their shields and dropped them he says where's the manual override he automatically knew where to look yeah it's just, he's so he, smart yeah yeah he's yeah. just a little too late <laughs> yeah yeah the thing is though like he had this the the the, the wits the smart uh, uh take of everything he was brilliant but the but the thing with kirk is kirk's got that little extra quick wit or that he's got that gut feeling that he, he got him you know it's a big gut yeah well that, that <laughs> yeah that that he has spock and he has the rest of his crew that's well seasoned and they're on a battleship basically I yeah. mean, yeah, their their ships used for exploration, but Khan was on a science, a, a literal science ship. That's all it's for is science. It has yeah, some exactly. favors, but he was he was about to beat Kirk with a science ship. Like yeah, dang, exactly. he almost beat you with an ambulance. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's a good way to look at it, man. You've got a nice uh, decked out uh, armored vehicle, and he's got an ambulance, and he still almost wins. So showing how yeah. great Khan is. And for people, the listeners don't know, basically on what Khan's character was on the old series, I think it's a Space Seed, and yeah. um, he's a genetically engineered, like a superhuman, and um, he tries to kill Kirk, take over the ship, and eventually they, they make a piece or whatever, and he sets them on City Alpha, City Alpha 6, right? Or so City Alpha 5? City Alpha 5, because City, City Alpha, Alpha 6 five. is the one that explodes. Yeah, that's right. And so um, that's how it, basically what happens in this movie is that he explains to them like, "Hey, uh, SETI Alpha, what five? Right? They're on five. Yeah, they're Seti on Alpha. five. He goes, you didn't expect to find me. You thought this was SETI Alpha six. Yeah, and it exploded, and it made SETI Alpha five um, get you know get out of orbit or whatever. And now it's like a barren wasteland." Yeah, and so he's lost his wife. He's lost so many of his people, and of course, Kirk. And he's right on this. Kirk never came back to check on him. He bring he brings that up. He never came to check on our progress. He, he should have like put that. a beacon like uh, Picard does. He should have put a beacon on their world so they would know if something went wrong. Yeah, so Kirk's out gallivanting, doing whatever. I mean, he's you know he's saving the world and the universe, all that. But the thing is that now this has happened. Khan, rightfully so, is very angry, and he's already you know a, a kind of a character that's borderline nuts you know on the edge and now you've pushed him over the edge so now all his anger all his frustration and revenge he's hell-bent on making Kirk pay for the death of his wife and everybody else and so uh, yeah man fantastic storyline and then we got to see uh, of course those little space creatures that went terrifyingly went inside the ears of uh, Chekhov and uh, the other captain that's there uh, yeah, the, that was crazy, man. The guy from uh, the to amuse your captain, no? 
Yeah, uh, the he, guy from uh, was it uh, Terminator? He, he was in Terminator. Yeah, that's Paul Winfield. He's uh, Clark Paul Terrell, Winfield, yeah. Ca- Captain Terrell. And so, yeah, uh, yeah man, Kirstie Alley as Savage, she does a great job. And uh, man, just such a good movie, man. Uh, this is the one of the favorite lines that you always tell me is when uh, Kirk gives, um, I'm sorry, Spock gives Kirk a a book, and it's uh, what he says. He says. Uh, it, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Or yeah. Like that, right? Yeah. It's a he's tale of two cities. And he's yeah, the he's best of times. And then what does he say? He says, none that I'm aware of, but of course, happy birthday. Truly the best of times. Yeah. It's awesome. And then he gets, uh, he can't use uh, some drops on his eyes. So he has to use the little cheaters, little reading glasses. And yeah, he's embarrassed to pull him out whenever Kirstie Alley's there because she's this beautiful Vulcan, right? So just funny. A lot of cool little funny parts in there, character development. Like you get to see a little bit more of because you see it in the series, they are close, but these are intimate moments that you may not see sometimes between the characters. And it was just really well done. And obviously, the emotional gut punch where, you know, they've defeated uh, Khan, they've gone into this nebula or whatever. And uh, you and I, real quick, we always joke about. Where he uh, he thinks he has Kirk beat. Kirk's not only on the Enterprise; he's goading him into going into this nebula. And the guy that's working for for Khan, the main guy that's with him, yeah, he, he's like uh, Kirk goads him on. He goes, he goes, uh, Khan, I'm laughing at the superior intellect. And yeah, yeah, like, because before that, he says, yeah. he, he says, uh, he says, follow them. He goes, sir, we can't. No, he goes, he goes, if we follow him in there, our shields will be useless. So. He, so Khan kind of sits down and says, "Oh, okay." So he, yeah. he kind of he kind of says, "Yes, that's a great point." Yeah. But then Kirk, like you said, eggs him on and says, "I'm laughing at the spirit." <laughs> and he goes, "Full impulse power." And the guy's like, "No, sir, you have Genesis." He's that you know, it's, it's, yeah. It's, that's like his father, like you know, this is a passion plea. <laughs> he's trying to tell him, "No, man, you got Genesis. You got this weapon. You know, we got this ship. We can get out of here. You know, we've got this one. Don't fall for this." But he's so angry and helping on, on revenge. Yes. Yeah, because the one thing that basically held held him back from trying to keep coming after the Enterprise was his wife. Yes. The girl that he met on the Enterprise. He he yeah. really loved her. Yeah. That was and like then, his heart. And then he says, full impulse power. And he goes, no, sir. He goes, full impulse. Have you? And his hair. Remember, he said his, his hair, hair goes forward. forward. Because he pushes it himself. He pushes the, the thing still forward. still wouldn't do it. Yeah. So he does it himself and pushes it forward himself. <laughs> he still wouldn't do it. Yeah, exactly. His hair flies forward. It's so funny. You and I make fun of that part so many so many times. And, like and then said, that, that's the one later. He's like, he's like dying in his arms. And then he does the baby thing where he, he, his eyes are open when he dies. <laughs> and then he pulls them forward and his eyes. He one of those old baby dolls. Yeah. And that's where he goes. <laughs> he says, I shall avenge you. And, and I always say, I shall avenge you. Dun, dun. It's. It's I shall two bits. Yeah, shaving a haircut. <laughs> two bits. <laughs> it sounds like it. I'm sorry because he's like, oh I should avenge you. Dun, dun. I thought the guy was gonna go dun, dun, and then his eyes would close because he was a, a doll. But <laughs> man, yeah, I, dude. The, hey, the, the soundtrack for this movie amazing. Oh, wasn't, it, yes. wasn't it Jeff Warner? Uh, let's look it up here. Uh, screenplay is Jack Edwards, directed Nicholas Meyer, of course. Let's see, music by James Horner. That's right, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's man, phenomenal. You want to hear it now? It gets chills to my 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 
my bones here, oh, man. Yeah. Whenever Such I hear that soundtrack. soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, when I was at the yeah, movie theater seeing out. this in 4K, just hearing it coming from the speakers too was so good, yeah. man. And then the explosions and the, you know, things when they were shooting and stuff, so good. Uh, real quick, the budget on this, man, is only $12 million. It made almost $100 million box office. And it's made way more than that since then. I mean, everybody has watched this, probably had rented it. And bought and it. Seen, over and bought over it again. over and over and over. I mean, who knows how much they made. Bought the VHS, bought the DVD, bought the Blu-ray, bought the 4K, bought the HD. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, come on. Just so good. I mean, just a complete, you know, even if you have never watched... For the listeners out there, maybe you've never watched Star Trek, man. Maybe you're saying, well, man, maybe I got to get a second chance. I always thought it was boring. Trust us. If you watch anything, you don't even have to have the full backstory of this. Watch this movie and you'll say, wow, this is great. And then you're going to want to know what these characters are about. What happened? You know, How are they? How do they work together? Yeah, you can see the, the series and actually see all the adventures they go through before this happens. And you'll get to see Khan before he turns into Khan from the future with the crazy hair. Yeah, and they bring up those superhumans in uh, Enterprise, remember? They talk about how, uh, is it Noonien Soon, the guy that makes, uh, not Noonien Soon, is that, is that right, Noonien Soon, the guy that makes Data? Yeah. He's, the, he's like, it's his, I don't know if it's him, but his ancestor, basically, that, that yes, he had yeah. the engine, genetically engineered, and so they show them, and that's a cool storyline, because they're aggressive, man. They, they're very, uh, territorial aggressive it's like you made them into this super strong person but along with that is that they have this thing that they're going to dominate and they're going to they realize they're superior and they want to destroy the inferior which normal humans you know so well, and, and this and this goes to the science fiction part of it obviously because uh genetics doesn't always mean you're going to be you know smarter or faster or stronger Mm-hmm. That that has nothing to do with it. Because, I'm fast uh, and I can make it. Sorry, I got I'm fast and I can make it. But I'm just saying, you know, because you can have all the genetics, like you know what they did on the show, where they took all these, you know, genetics from these different brilliant minds, and and they took all those genetics from all these uh, athletes and stuff. But it doesn't make you into the, any of those people, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Then you still have to, to, to have all the knowledge that, that made all those people brilliant tacticians. So you have to have the the workout, you know, that makes you strong like these guys. You know, you don't just, you know, start looking like all swole. Yeah, WWE there's no right shortcuts. There. There's no shortcuts, yeah. right? I mean, you try to make, if you try to make a shortcut where there isn't one, in this case with genetic manipulation, you're going to create problems. And this is what's happened with these uh, superhumans that that's the case here. One thing I can think of is remember how they brought it up in Serenity, you know, the Firefly movie, is that they try to stop these people from being violent on that planet. And it makes everybody basically so uh, dormant, so like non aggressive that they just basically lay down and die they fall asleep and don't want to do anything and unfortunately which again what happens with this thing because it's not a perfect science some people got super aggressive from something trying to not make it and that's what creates these reavers and so i think that's a great uh thing you're saying a a point is that yeah you're trying to do this stuff it's not going to make you these people you can't be michael jordan by genetic And manipulation you you got to go out and practice and make all these shots and practice and michael jordan always says uh one of the things he says he, he he's missed plenty of shots you know yeah. and you're not gonna make a shot if you don't take it you still got to take your shots and i know i think it was babe ruth that said hey 
he's like one of the most strikeout guys there is, but also they, they equate him with all these home runs. You're not yeah. always going to get a home run. You're not always not going to always be perfect. It's it's repetition, practice, and building yep. it up, and that's pretty cool. And, and and then also your different life experiences that make you a, a different kind of person. You know, I mean, like you said, you can have Michael Jordan's son, even if he's out on the court every day with his dad, doesn't mean he's going to be Michael Jordan. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's a good thing to bring up here because I, I again, you think about Khan. You know, they tried to make these perfect humans, and 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 what happened in this situation was they created somebody that was a, a megalomaniac, somebody that's just. Uh, Thinks that yeah, he, he should be running everything. Traits. Yeah, you took the worst traits from these guys, mm-hmm. you know. Instead of getting the brilliant uh, tactician mind from, you know, uh, Napoleon or what have you, you you're taking the, his megalomania, like you said. <laughs> now, we're real quick on this on the Star Trek. Uh, this has some of the best uniforms. If you look at, for me, my personal favorites are the uniforms you see here in Wrath of Khan, and they use them again in uh, Search for Spock. You see them in uh, Undiscovered Country, right? Um, yeah. I think it even, in, maybe in Part 5. And, uh, yeah, well, I think yeah. it was actually in Generations as well for the old team. Yeah, I love these, you know, where it kind of goes over. It looks like uh, the naval uniform, you know, where it kind of uh, folds over the chest. It's um, to show what time period they're in. Yeah, it's so good. Because they go time so much, they always try to show you what time period they're in at what time. Because you know when you see that outfit, oh, you're from Kirk's time right th- at this point. Okay, I know exactly where you're at. Yeah, exactly. So I, I really like those. Um, I, I'm partial. I like how they had the uniforms in um, like Star Trek First Contact, like the yeah. later later ones that they had on ds9 and on next generation i thought those were pretty good i don't care for the early next generation one they look more like jumpsuits and i don't particularly like the enterprise one i understand that they were trying to make them look like they're trying to make them look like uniforms those look like jumpsuits as well yeah yeah i think the thing with enterprise is they were trying to make them look like how you would have an astronaut you know be wearing it but oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah or like just or something of course, I had no problem with what the Paul was wearing. <laughs> I guess the Paul is fine, yeah. but uh, yeah, she has like a she has like a cat suit on, and everybody else is in these uh, big old bulky, um, like look like pajamas. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it, you know, it, it has a few messed But uh, yeah, so I guess before we close it out, um, in terms of you know, we talked about Wrath of Khan. Uh, you know, we brought up Search for Spock, Undiscovered Country first contact is there let's just i always say honorable mention is there one that you say it's just was just awful which one do you think uh, which star trek do you think they just really it didn't have anything redeemable about it to you, to you it just was just plain awful do you have one uh i'll I, tell you mine is nemesis i thought nemesis was awful i just thought it was terrible nemesis was awful i mean dude literally uh after you have uh, ne- uh, generations and first contact. Every other movie after that was just awful. I, I didn't like mm-hmm. any of the next generation movies after first contact. They were terrible. Yeah, yeah, they weren't that. And then for yeah, old, the old uh, gang, I didn't like five very much. But yeah. I really did not like part one. You yeah. know, part one's boring. Like I said, uh, and, and like I said, 
certain actors and everything else. Yeah, no, it, that's a pass for me <laughs> every time. It could have been good. The thing with part one is it could have been good because the storyline is that, you know, how we've got these Voyager one and two that are out there in real life that we've sent from NASA that they, uh, one of them, I think is, is it Voyager two maybe, or I'm not sure if it's one in the movie, but they, they become like uh, self-aware, like you know, sentient. And uh, did, did I, you say in that book the, the, that uh, Shatner wrote that uh, the Borg had gotten a hold of it, and that's what who did that? Yeah, I was I was going to mention that because they, they it, Shatner wrote a book. I think it's Star Trek: The Return, but it could be a different one. But I think it's The Return, and it, basically Kirk comes back because he he dies in uh, Star Trek Generations. Uh, they're Doctor I said Sauron. Uh, they yeah. they take him out. Him and uh, Picard take Malcolm him out. McDowell. Yeah, oh, great Malcolm McDowell, right? And yeah. uh, they, they take him out, and Kirk dies, and I, that speech uh, where he's dying is still pretty awesome. He's like, oh, we did it. We saved it one more time. It was fun. And then he's like, oh, my. And then he, he dies. I was like, oh, man, sad, you know? So he buries yeah. him on that planet. And so in the in the return, um, I think it's Romulans or something, get his remains, and he's reanimated by some of the um, technology, I think, from the Borg. Yeah. And so, um, but they bring up that V'ger, Voyager, lands on the planet where the Borg are because they originate on this this uh, machine planet, and it's alluded to in the in the books. And they bring it up as that there's a planet I think in Next Generation where they land, or that's like a bunch of machines. I want to say it's the same one where Scotty comes out in that episode. Something to do with that. And well, so, Scotty, Scotty's actually in a ship, and he's put himself in a buffer uh, yeah. for the teleport. Yeah, well, they he have this this, this planet that they get trapped inside of. Remember, and it's gonna it's gonna like the Enterprise gets stuck in there, and they've got to find a way to get him out. Oh yeah, 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 I remember that one. Yeah, so it's alluded to that something to do with that, like either that planet or maybe the people that left that planet they get onto this other one and they, they, the machines become sentient or whatever it's something entwined with that and so the Voyager probe goes there because of the Borgnet technology becomes sentient comes back and it you know and that's kind of how you see what happens in um, Star Trek 1 where it wants to you know be alive or whatever but I thought that was a good good take on it but that movie could have been so well because so well done because they had a good premise to it but uh, you know, yeah, it's missteps, too slow. Um, the uniforms look, to be honest, look terrible. They look like pajamas. Um, even the old ones look better than that, you know. And I, I'm not a big fan to, of them. Spock trying to mind mill with the nebula or whatever it was. <laughs> what? Yeah, what? yeah. So, here. No, I agree with you. I guess you're saying part one is one you don't like very much, and you don't like the older, you don't like the newer ones past. Uh, what first contact is that right yeah it's just they're all awful i don't know why just not very good man but i say that nemesis in particular uh it's just real bad and uh yeah it's just a shame because we love those movies and hopefully there's something new on the horizon that's going to be good because i know we've got with star wars we've got uh what filoni and uh we got um what's what's homeboy's name from mother favreau favreau yeah so uh, we got some good stuff coming up there, so I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, hopefully yeah, enthused that they there. can do it. Big, I don't know. Uh, the, what, the book of uh, Boba Fett? The book, the book of Boba Fett and, uh, you know, of course, another season of Mandalorian, maybe one more season of that. And then uh, and, Obi-Wan, uh, Obi-Wan series, right? Ahsoka yeah, and then Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, right? But they, they don't have anything to do with Obi-Wan. That's, oh, okay. That's uh, somebody else who's doing that. 
Oh, they had that's good, Rangers man. of the New Republic, but they canceled it after they canned uh, Gina Carano. Yeah. Okay. So uh, hopefully they don't mess up uh, Obi Wan, man. But uh, I really like Ewan McGregor's done a great job, and I know I know mm-hmm. it's you know it's a lot to ask for. I think for them to keep up a good good uh, representation of him like that, especially with somebody else, man. But I hope they can do it because it's uh, well, it has him and was Hayden Christian. Yeah, so I'm saying I was like, man, I'm, I'm hoping and hoping, but. But, it's one of those things. Know, I, I have a feeling it's not going to be. Oh, oh, Obi Wan was in uh, Birds of Prey too, and that was awful. Awful. <laughs> oh, I know you mentioned that one. I, I steer clear of that maybe since you told me that. But all right, cool. Well, that's it's been good getting your your picks on these, man. Uh, we'll definitely be talking again. I know we got a few more um, episodes before the end of season one here for the podcast, and I'm definitely going to have you on because we are going to do our Kurt Russell thing and. Um, you know, maybe we'll do some uh, video game ones and things like that. But uh, always great to have you on, Johnny. I appreciate it. All right, kid. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. This was definitely a hard list because you put it to three. Gosh, man, you had to make it harder. <laughs> I had to do it. Yeah, I just had to do it to you, man. I, I know it's just one of those things we wanted to get the cream of the crop, man, because it's easy to pick five that we know are good. Yeah, because yeah. five, five, it would have just been, uh, it would have been, like you said, uh, part six and first contact. Those would have been my other picks. <laughs> it's easy, right? And well, I, I mean, sure I love Generations. Had... Don't get me wrong. Generations yeah. is a great movie. Generations it's is good, too. good. Yeah, and I would have had Search for Spock and Generations on there for sure, definitely. So it definitely makes it a lot easier. All right, man. Well, I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in to, to Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Marty McGeek. Until next time, get your geek on. See you, John. Bye.